Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Justin Tyson. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, it, it is continued to be crazy throughout the month of August, and September is showing to be about the same over here at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. Uh, we have had some really cool videos that have just come out, bad tuning. I know we released that on the podcast, Justin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Nick and I just got done shooting another one where we we now are two days into a three-day shoot of doing a review on towing with a tuned three-quarter ton brand new diesel. And when I say brand new, 2019 or 2020 model. Uh, so we loaded up a trailer with the same load. It's about, like, I don't know, what gross v- combined vehicle weight probably around that high 20s low 30,000 number um so it's a pretty significant trailer load and setup and him and i went out and we we hooked it up to the dually cummins the single rear wheel duramax the single rear wheel power stroke drove around on the same path we even pulled some zero to 60 times for the draggy um really wanted to see what do these trucks feel like with a tune side by side uh I think that's going to be an awesome video. We're hoping to see that out probably towards the end of this month. So, guys, definitely keep an eye out for the Diesel Insights videos popping up on the Duramax Turner YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, we also have, uh, I think we might have mentioned it prior, but I'm not sure. Uh, we're about to release one for you 2.8 guys. That's about uh, your boost number's not going high enough when you put an aftermarket turbo on. And they found, Nick found a solution. It's the L5P um, map. You got it, yep. Uh, and essentially the map sensor, you know, it's swapping it, and now once you put an aftermarket turbo, it will be able to register boost up to some weird decimal that I don't remember off the top <laughs> of my head. Up to 50.3, I do remember it, actually. There you go. There so, you go. there we go. <laughs> That's another one coming out. So, so yeah, so we've done that video and quite a few more. Guys, again, if you want to check any of these out, head on over to the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel, and that's going to be the best place to follow along. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and like every video we put out there. It really helps other people find the show um on this show another one of our number one sponsors has always been exergy performance and i have a quick post this is back from august 26 so i'm just getting you guys caught up on it after years of testing and development we are finally releasing our diesel fuel additive available this weekend so this is a few weekends ago at um sdx 2020 this is the highest lubricity lading rating of 17 brands tested level a rating from the nace corrosion test increases life of high pressure fuel system components boosts cetane up to five points increases fuel economy up to 10 percent maintains clean injectors separates moisture for more thorough removal stabilizes fuel for storage and decreases soot particles for less visible smoke and fewer dpf regions um I think it's awesome. I am excited that Exergy, this is something that Justin, I know you and I have talked to them about it. And it was, like they said, years of testing, years of development. I'm so excited to see them finally bring this one to market. I think this is going to be huge for guys. For sure. And with the guys that handle injectors and stuff, it's good to see someone like them create it. Those guys literally find take a you know find comb and go over stuff and make sure everything's perfect we've been there they're perfectionists i trust them 
I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. WC Fab, don't count them out as long as we're talking about big stuff going on. Uh, they have a huge 10th anniversary poll coming up. Uh, really excited about this. It's going to be going on in DeKalb on September 12th, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. If you're in the northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa area, guys, come on out. I know there's not a lot happening this year. This is going to be a fun poll, and anything to help celebrate Worley Custom Fab's 10th anniversary, you know we're going to be a part of it, too. So, so excited to be a sponsor for that event. So excited for them to have that event. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Jason is a world-class guy. He, you know, a big part of ISP, Illinois State Pullers out here, and uh, Paul and I definitely miss going to those events. I know a lot of our guys do, too, driving, so it'll be good to see something. Absolutely correct. Well, hey, guys, um, like we said, we are just – the phones won't stop ringing, and we appreciate that so much, but it means that even Justin and I at this point are, are trying to help out as many customers as we can as quickly as we can. We're going to kick it over to today to an old rebroadcast of Justin and I um, talking about the history of Power Stroke. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we hope you enjoy this episode. We are going to dive into the history of Power Stroke. Can I just say the first thing here? that I think most Ford Power Stroke fans don't know. Power Stroke's two words. There's a space <laughs> in between power and stroke. It's a reference to a the actual diesel mechanical operation of the power stroke, which is when the cylinder compresses the fuel. That is the power stroke when your cylinder is rising. Uh, it's, it's an actual description. It is two words, not one word. No big deal. Ford fans, feel free to hate me for saying that. It is true, but you can only hashtag it in one word. So <laughs> it's 2019, Paul. Come on. Come on now. Kick us off, bro. Tell me about that 7.3. All right, 7.3. So uh, Power Stroke 7.3 production runs. We uh, It was incorporated in 1994 and a half, like most of these things do. Yeah, always. <laughs> uh, to 2003. You know, to kick it off, the first model had uh, 210 horsepower as well as 425 foot pound of torque which is significant for that time frame yeah for sure i mean uh, <coughs> everybody was right around we? there we're yeah like nine yeah right <laughs> yeah we're old so yes. uh yeah essentially um i got into that we uh paul and i were looking up some interesting things about it the uh it was te- uh, technically developed as a replacement for the aging seven Point three liter IDI. So I think I'm with you on this. So the seven three IDI is a, a, a naturally aspirated, no turbocharger on that. Uh, but everybody else in the industry is going to turbocharging at this time in the world. Uh, they're, they're seeing the writing on the wall that if you're going to have a diesel, it needs more horsepower than what the IDI is provided. Uh, the, the turbocharger is just l- like, I think it's just an evolution of technology. They, they knew they needed it and they got in early. If I could just be honest, they got in before anybody else did to have a turbocharged diesel provided in a, a regular pickup truck for normal consumers. Yeah, and then that thing came with the uh, the Huey, the hydraulic electric unit injector. Huey. <laughs> Huey, so, Huey, Huey, So a little Huey. bit about that. <laughs> Sorry. Is, uh, it's characterized, which is, it's a simple that uses highly pressured engine oil as a medium for creating fuel pressure directly in the injector body, as opposed to a system requiring a typical injector pump. In lieu of an injection pump, the 7.3 utilizes an H-pop, which is the high-pressure oil pump, and a low-pressure lift pump in order to create fuel pressures up to 21,000 
PSI. So it is it is a high pressure fuel system, but it's not a common rail high pressure fuel system. It's not run off of a high pressure pump that's forcing fuel at a massive rate directly into the the common rail, a single rail shared between all of the injectors and then the injectors direct injecting fuel into the cylinder. Instead, this is running off of high pressure oil, uh, like a hydraulic unit uh, to create those high pressure situations. So pretty interesting uh, design. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, this is something that other industrial and medium duty applications were already using. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, it was saying that they implemented it because it improved performance, lower emissions, because at this point, they're kind. I mean, the 90s were a little bit getting there on that that trying to get things yeah. a little bit better. Oh, three is when EGR started to be required. Oh, three, oh, four and a half right in there. And then a uh, better fuel economy. They were talking about because that was also a huge thing there for a little bit uh, from increased fuel atomization and greater control over injection events. Yeah. Fuel atomization. That's something that I think a lot of us forget about that. There's so much technology has been driven around getting fuel to spread throughout the air inside of a combustion cylinder. So if you, it's like if you have a spray bottle and you put the nozzle on to squirt compared to if you put the nozzle on to mist. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a different volume of fuel that's going to be able to be used. If you if you squirt it into the injectors and it's just solid fuel in a, in a line of fuel, only the outside, only the, the fuel molecule or the fuel, only the parts of the fuel that are mixing with oxygen are going to burn. Whereas in if you mist it, more of that fuel is going to burn. You're going to be able to capture more energy uh, from that that operation and it's one of those the 7.3 is i mean you go on power stroke form people love that truck i i was reading through it today it is it is it is loved drove <laughs> one bro uh i'll tell you what if you want a truck that's going to run forever 7.3 is a really good option uh if you want a truck that's built for diesel performance you're probably not going to land on a 7.3 yeah, she's old school <laughs> just being real and um it's one of those things where for the first four years they came with the transmissions changed essentially i believe uh in 98 they swapped them and in, uh, in 94 to 98 they came with a five-speed manual option or a four-speed auto transmission and then in 99 to 03 they had the uh six-speed manual and the four-speed auto and uh it was a slight 10 i think it was about 10 horsepower bump the reason why i'm not going through and giving every it was like every year there was like a five to ten right horsepower bump with all the little things they did to it so we just did a start and end here for this thing because <laughs> it was it was a long run i mean shit what well, it ran for almost 10 years yeah you know so essentially we got that and then i know the turbo uh from 94 to 97 they ran a garrett tp38 it was a compressor wheels inducer 60 millimeter exducer 80 millimeter the turbine wheel inducer is 76.2 millimeter and the exducer was 70 millimeter and then in 97 they changed it with a wastegate and that's about the only thing that was different on there so essentially when it comes to the turbo the only thing that I noticed that people were talking about, uh, the 7.3 had some no-start issues. Granted, they're getting older, right? But uh, lift pump failures and injection pressure uh, regulator issues. Okay. So, essentially, I know, people love that truck. It's <laughs> not a lot of power, but they love that truck. I mean, we heard one of the guys, uh, Justin Pike, talk about his uh, granddad's 
Yeah. Is a, a 500 horsepower. So he's. You know, We're going to hear from it. him a little bit later in the episode. You guys will, will find out a little bit more about that. But yeah, man, that's it. You, yeah. Yeah. Your dad, your granddad, uh, or you as a child uh, probably bought and drove one of those if, if you were really into reliable diesels. Um, now, it, it is so funny to read the wording about the transition to the six liter because if you go to great resources, and I'm sorry we didn't list today's resources. Uh, we used AutoWise. Uh, there was an excellent article over there on the history of these of Ford Power Stroke engines. We used Truck Trend. Um, Definitely. Mike McLaughlin put together an excellent uh, article before the 6.7 liter came out. So at the at the time of publishing that article, it was only up to the 6.4. And then one of my favorite places, uh, Diesel Hub, or in this case, PowerStrokeHub.com. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't say enough good stuff about them. That's no. really where we go to get our facts. Yeah, for sure. It's like if we want verified facts, I feel like that's my my go to. Well, um, on the 7.3 to end it off. They did end at 275 horsepower when they started at 210. Ooh. And uh, 525, uh, 525 foot pounds of torque. So, so let's think back. So 2003. So what else is out in a 2003 model? So I can get LB7. a 7.3. Let just think about this. So I can get a 7.3 at 275 horsepower. I can get an LB7 at 300 horsepower. Or I can get a Cummins. I don't know if the high output was out in 03. That might be later in 04, but I want to say there's still 300 horsepower, 290 horsepower or something like that. So pretty, pretty tight market. But I think, I think what's interesting is at the beginning of Power Stroke, they were cutting edge technology. It was new stuff nobody had seen in the diesel pickup market. And they literally changed the trajectory of the industry. And then at the end of the 7.3, they at that point had fallen behind technology. Uh, they had relied on it for too long, I think, and had not looked at the innovations. So when emissions regulations came out in 2003, 2004, whenever they had to finally be implemented, um, they're the only ones who cut displacement. They're the only ones who went to a smaller engine. They could not get the 7.3 to meet emission standards. They had to go to a smaller displacement motor add emissions equipment and because of the way the industry was going they had to increase the horsepower output pretty dramatically so in 2003 you you saw what i have adoringly called the worst engine ever built for a diesel truck um and that's the six liter uh so it came out it's like 325 horsepower it runs a 5r110 which is a Badass transmission, the torque shift. Uh, and then, of course, there's also a ZF6 manual option with them. Um, this engine was so bad that Ford and Navistar eventually went to court over it. That's a direct quote from the AutoWise article. Um, so so this is a rough one. And, and we've met some of the guys who worked in their QC department. I get it. Yeah. Let me just start there. Um but they they did. They, they were plagued w- with issues. EGRs plugging. Uh, this is the first EGR that Ford ever put on a diesel. It's the, the standard EGR valve and cooler kind of setup. They had injection control pressure issues. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Left over from the 7.3. And they had injection pressure regulator issues. They also had FICM failures. They also had head gasket failures. Um they also have injector failures. Like six liters just have a lot of maintenance issue. Now, we have talked to some experts who so passionately believe in bulletproofing and not just buying bulletproof 
quote unquote brand parts, but actually bulletproofing this motor that they still buy six O's to this day. Uh, guys who I respect, guys who I think are really fucking smart, guys like Art Martinez and Steven Peters from PSP Diesel. Definitely. Um, you still couldn't pay me to fucking own one of these. I, I just know. Well, no way, man. We're not smart, though. You just said guys that are smart. Guys that are smart. <laughs> they like them. I don't. I, it's, I, I don't know. Okay. So so there, there are a few things about these that I thought, again, with my background is mostly with Duramax. So so when I hear about things like this, I'm always kind of surprised. Again, 03, Duramax has launched this, this badass new revolutionary diesel engine, uh, which it was in 01 when it came out. Definitely. Uh, and then the six liter comes out in 03 and it's iron black, iron heads, uh, Huey injection, VGT turbo, which, which a lot of failures with those two, probably because of all of the EGR failures and things of that nature. Um, there's the head gasket failures get blamed on a lot of shit. They get blamed on too hot of tunes. Everybody's running too hot of tunes. I don't believe that. Um, they do get blamed a lot on the four bolt per cylinder head mm-hmm. uh, pattern that 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 doesn't allow it to flex the right way, or it allows it to flex too much, or it's not enough. It, it's it. There's so many problems, guys. That yes, you can fix anything, but what's the cost of that? I think people have to factor in. I'm just shocked that it went that long. Yeah, well, okay, again, there's also half-year iterations. This is like a famous thing from Ford is that there's a 6-liter that runs from 03 to 07, Mm -hmm. but none of the parts from 05 to 07 will fit on an 03 to 05, and then even in there, there's probably an 04.5-05 model, and forgive me, some Ford guy's going to write me a message about how I got all the dates wrong. I don't don't care please uh but yeah there are a bunch of small iterations throughout the years again they brought this thing out at 325 horsepower 560 foot pounds of torque in 03 four years later they ended the run and they had basically just bumped it up to 570 foot pounds which i think is a rating i don't think they make more power maybe they do i would love to see a test proving it um and they are allegedly 05 and plus. They had fixed all of the six liter problems, much less prone to failure. That's again in air quotes. I know you can't see that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, allegedly a lot of these parts were fixed. Now, Navistar, International, whoever, there was another six liter version that ran in medium duty applications that was not required to have the emissions equipment on them. I believe there were also some other small. Um, differences between that industrial medium duty application and the six liter we saw in the the f-250 f-350s those are again alleged to be much more reliable uh so i'm not sure if we have a chicken or egg scenario there you know did did the emissions equipment cause all the failures or did all of these other stupid plans cause the failures hey i don't know it's hard i mean when you something like an egr introducing it it's not i well we know the lb7 uh carb or lb7 california egrs and the llys which are the same year range as this stuff yeah but most of those fail too yeah for so, sure so like the egrs fail i get it the difference is on those trucks and the egr fails you're not worried about a head gasket Mm-mm. it'd be no, very very no, rare exactly. to see that be the cause and effect um for sure so so that that's why i say listen like it, it's hard to argue about the six liters reputation, I think we can all say that the the known reputation is not a good one. Uh, I do understand there are guys out there who know how to work on these and know how to make these really badass engines. And what's the one thing every six liter guy tells us, Justin? 
my truck sounds awesome. <laughs> um, didn't Tyler, one of our buddies here that, you know, he was did our sled pulling and Tyler that used to work here, he essentially had a six, didn't he have a six O yep. tattoo? Yep. Yeah, Tyler, yep. I mean, there's... Power, there's, power stroke. Out. Power stroke. I one day asked him, he is power not. stroke two words? I don't remember what his answer was. He said was. two words. I so he was I'm right. I'm giving my boy the benefit he was of the right. doubt. Tyler okay. said two words. I was going to say, I just don't remember his answer. He had a tattoo and split in two words. Yes, I... Yeah. <laughs> Not saying he had to look at it to check, but... Uh, we love you, Tyler. Absolutely. Miss you, buddy. Um, okay, so so that that wraps up my, my rant about six liters. Yeah, so uh, essentially passing the baton off to the 6.4, which came in uh, 08 to 10. Not very long run, but you know you know how these things run. <laughs> Every, to start us off here, Justin, everybody hates the diesel trucks that were manufactured from everybody from 07 and a half to 10. Uh-huh. They were I, all garbage. I think we know why. Yeah. DPF and EGR. The DPF was now on the truck. This yeah. is the first year. Um, it, I will say this, though. It came, out, it came out essentially at 350 horsepower and 650 foot-pounds of torque. It's a competitive rating. Duramaxes yeah. in this year are, are rated at 360. Rated at 360. I know they die no different, but rated at 360. For, I don't remember what the Cummins are at this point. So an early 6.7. Forgive me. I don't remember the rating. I want to say again, right in that like 340, 350 range. Okay, I think so they're, they're rated right at. Yeah. Uh, essentially, um, you know, it's got the uh, high pressure common rail. I think this is the f- yeah first year of the common rail yeah first yeah. year of the common rail and then the Bosch CP4 injection pump. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we just we just talked about CP4s at the top of the show. Um, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but went to Bosch. I've, uh, Duramax and Cummins are already on common rail Bosch. Uh, com- Duramax obviously launched a, a common rail Bosch setup in 01. Cummins jumped onto it in 03. Here we are in 08. I just want to mention this. Five years behind the rest of the industry, Ford has now gotten on board. No bias in my comment there. Interesting thing they also incorporated was that uh, the sequential mounted twin turbochargers. Oh, God, yes. So essentially, there's a high pressure and a low pressure turbo. So I'm going to give you some specs on each turbo first, and then I'll explain a little bit what it does. Can you give me Can you give me the compressor wheel sizes first yeah. on both of them? Yeah, for sure. And um, the only reason we found this, it, this is very hard. I could not find anything online. Uh, luckily, we have a manufacturing department and a 6'4 enthusiast by the name of Dylan. <laughs> our boy Dylan, one of our turbo uh, machinists. He don't judge his intelligence by what truck he drives. No, Dylan is one of the best people <laughs> I've ever met. Dylan is a great dude. Um, I went down there and asked him for some specs, and he got so excited to talk about the six. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He was like, "Yeah, buddy, let's step Sweet over to my office." Sweet six fours. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So compressor wheel on the high pressure charger is uh, 51.43 millimeters. Small. The, yeah. The exducer 74.15 millimeter. Okay. Uh, the low pressure is 63.87 inducer, 91.79 millimeter. That is a small set of chargers. Yeah. Okay, uh, Duramax, Cummins, even the newer Power Stroke stuff, we do 64 millimeter drop-in single chargers. That's the size of their their low pressure. That'd be the big one. So, like, twin kits, you and you would probably be more familiar with, Justin, would be like an S475 stocker kit. Um 
your VVT stuff, high 50 millimeters, right? Mid to high 50 millimeter factory. Um, And then your, obviously that's your high pressure. And then your low pressure charger, your bigger charger. We run a 75 mil. I don't think I've ever put a twin kit together with anything smaller than a 75 mil. I know this is from the factory. They need to dial that sequential back. I just think it's badass. They did a sequential turbo from the factory. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was, I mean, it was a cool concept and you know, it could have said, it could have saved the reputation after the run of the six liters. Yeah. I feel like they, the pressure was on to make a splash and it it could have saved the, the, the whole idea in the diesel performance industry of a Ford. Yeah, no, for sure. And then with that turbine wheel, the inducer on the high pressure, 69.32 X deucer, 62.28 millimeter. Uh, and then on the low pressure, we got a 79.82 millimeter on the inducer and the X deucer, 73.41 millimeter. Did he like go and pop the hood and tear the turbos off of his truck in the parking lot? Dude. He no, he had a little Bible that he wrote. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what, what do we got in there? I'm like, this is like secret plans, you know? Some- he just has things I've learned about my six oh, four. Man. Dear diary, I learned something new about the yeah. six four today. Yeah, dude. And um, you know, essentially, <laughs> found a cool little little diagram on this uh, sequential turbocharger. It was it, twin turbocharger. It was really interesting. So the way it works is, you know, it's a pair of turbos running in series, unlike twins, which are parallel compounds. Use two different size turbos, low pressure and high pressure, like we spoke about. The low pressure, the larger, as you know from the specs we just gave you, ingests atmospheric air that then feeds into the high pressure, the smaller charger which then sends air into the intercooler or engine. Yeah, that's right. It's double turboed. <laughs> yes. And there's a nice little diagram on it. I saw, I found on essentially Power Stroke Hub. And it, it was really interesting because, I mean, I don't really, I like. I'm like Paul. I was raised on Duramaxes here. I essentially know a lot. I used to tune the Duramaxes before this. And it's one of those things where like I'm like, okay, because... That was a bad word back in the day. Was power stroke? <laughs> That's naughty, naughty word around we'll here. Never was tune saying a power stroke. Here. So uh, learning about this stuff has been very interesting. But I found that thing to be unique, you know. So essentially, especially coming out of this, out of the factory like that. Yeah, man. You know? nobody else has done it. Uh, so essentially, inclusion to that, they, you know, the transmission, you know, five speed auto still, as well as that six speed manual. Not much change. I don't think much changed out from the six zero, right? I mean, not much. No, yes. There's probably some updates in the trans would be, I would imagine. You know, uh, let's go over some. uh, Let's go over some common problems and concerns. Is that is that a a full novel you have there with problems and concerns? (laughs) It is. So I'm only going to highlight a few because I don't want to. I don't want to turn up missing because some six four fan guy doesn't like me saying negative things. So essentially. Poor fuel economy. I think we know why. (laughs) We know damn well why. Um, Fuel dilution of the engine oil. Yeah. So that's going to happen on a common rail when you're spraying fuel after the cylinder is down. Uh, Cylinder washing. Same problem. Fuel water separator issues. That's kind of a major one. Uh, Cavitation wearing holes in front cover. Yeah, I've heard a lot of theories about that. I don't know which one I trust. <laughs> and um, the one that's not going to shock any of us, uh, you know, essentially is DPF clogging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, like I said, man, this is like we, we could talk about LMMs. We could talk about the the third gen 6.7. Mm-hmm. Um, all these trucks, just the emissions equipment sucked on them. It just the, the, 
the technology wasn't well developed, it wasn't well durability tested, and it didn't work in, in real world applications. And that is, I think, the core of a lot of the issues that these trucks have. Yeah, for sure. Um, while it is difficult to, it was difficult to find some nice things to say about essentially the 6.4. Um, I did find, you know, if you delete, if you did a delete on the truck, essentially DPF and EGR, they're putting over 500 pounds, uh, 500 pounds, sorry, 500 rear wheel horsepower with supporting mods. And that's only like an intake, essentially lift pump. I think I saw it wasn't, it wasn't high modifications. These right. things were cranking out, you know, so a very stage one build on a 6.4 easily gets you 500 yeah. horsepower. A lot of questions about how far, how much further past you can go there. Uh, we had on JD Gleason, a 6.4 power stroke legend, I think we called him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's been to DPC with one of his, him or one of his buddies for the last few years with a 6.4 making a huge show. Uh, we, we saw him last this past year there, Justin. Yeah. Um, they did. They, they made a, a huge splash there. They they definitely came out and proved a point that you could build a 6.4 and take it to a really nasty place. And it could be a really badass truck. Again, it's that thing of what do you have to do to get there? And mm-hmm. what are your other options? Uh, I've always said, if you're looking for a budget build, we're probably not talking about a power stroke, probably talking about a Cummins. You know, so it depends what you want out of your truck and what's important to you as you're going to look for it. Uh, and it's funny, I did ask you to go find something nice to say about the 6.4. And I said nothing nice about the 6 later. I'm such a fucking yeah, I know. hypocrite. I, just, I, was like, I literally, right. I, I, I had something nice written down. Let me go back in my notes here and find it. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so the 6.7 liter uh, <laughs> came out in 2011. It's still running till current, uh, similar to to the other manufacturers out there. I think a lot of these guys have kind of dialed in. They're, as long as they're not being pressured by any sort of regulatory change, I don't think they're interested in developing brand new engines. Mm-mm. They seem to be more just in modifying what they have. Um, the 6.7 has gone through some modifications as well. Now, when this platform came out, I remember being at Rudy's and a Ford fan walking me over to show me the twin scroll turbo on the 2011-2012 turbos. And they might have even ran that all the way up to 14. I don't remember. Either way, uh, yeah, I do believe it was up to 14. Um, the, the twin scroll turbo is this awesome fucking idea where you have one turbo that essentially is capable of running two different compressor maps. So it has essentially two compressors just say welded back to back to each other and then put onto a shaft that's welded to a turbine. So depending on which way the internals of the turbo flow to which compressor wheel, you're going to get a different amount of spin and speed. Uh, And I'm sorry, I think I said compressor, I meant turbine, but either way, the twin scroll turbo, really badass technology, really great idea doesn't really work in the real world. Uh, they, they had a lot of problems with them. Um, there were a few really cool things about the 6.7 liter that I thought grabbed my attention. Number one, anytime a company of the size of Ford decides to codename a project, you know it's going to be something badass. Mm-hmm. They did not disappoint. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the Scorpion? <laughs> Uh, a little corny for it, but but I loved it. I, I love that they called it the Scorpion. They still kind of stick with that. You see that in some of the terminology. Uh, this is the first time that Ford built a diesel in-house. Um, all of the other times they had had International or, or Navistar or somebody else develop a diesel engine and then they put it into their trucks. This time they actually went from the ground up and they they built it for their truck. 
not the other way around. Uh, and, and that gave them some really cool features. To say that it's been popular is probably an understatement. Uh, 500,000 6.7 liter power strokes were sold in the it, it were sold in the first three years of production. Half a million diesel engines in three years. Um, people wanted it. Um, but yeah, that 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 twin scroller. I'm sorry, they call it the SST. It is it is a dual compressor and single turbine setup. Um, the unit was replaced in 2015 with a single VGT. It's a GT37 from Gary. Ford guys, I hate to tell you this, it's an LML turbo with a little <laughs> bit, with a, with a few small modifications for the intake system, uh, but essentially the internals of it, it's an LML turbo. Uh, and that that's when it picked up some extra horsepower. Um, the SST has returned to the power stroke for a completely revised 2017 model, um, and they, they bumped the torque rating up for those as well. Uh, the 2018 model, they bumped the horsepower and the torque rating up, and then we just heard about the 2020 numbers, and guess what? Horsepower and torque numbers are up again. Uh, tow rating as well, number one in class. All they the, are beasts. All the great, they really are. If you've gotten to drive a 15 plus 6.7 power stroke, you get it. Yeah. If you haven't driven one and you think they suck, go drive one and then we can talk. Especially um, towing. Dear God. Because I thought they sucked and then I drove one and I was like, oh, I guess I have to admit I like this truck Yeah, you now. even said if you were buying a new truck, you'd pick the Power Stroke. I remember you saying that. <sighs> it... <laughs> Yeah, huh? like it still hurts to say it, yeah. but it's true. Yes, I, I, I would. I, I absolutely would. Based on what I would want out of a vehicle, I would buy a new six seven Power Stroke, and that pains me to say it out loud. <laughs> um, there were some other unique components to the six seven that I think I've overlooked. Uh, things I didn't know until I started doing some of this research. Um, the exhaust and intake manifold design. I bet a bunch of Ford guys know this, and they just think I sound so stupid right now. Um, as opposed to the tr traditional V engine, the intake and exhaust flows are reversed. Okay, so the intake manifolds, the intake manifolds are located on the outer deck of the cylinder head, and the exhaust manifolds exit directly into the engine valley where the turbocharger is mounted. This setup really is said to increase thermal efficiency of the turbocharger. And this is the level of engineering we've had to go to over the years of diesel, um, where it's not just about how do I get the turbo to spool? How do I get a horsepower number? How do I manage the heat? Because that's always the enemy. Um, so so I thought it was interesting that they really, they kind of, I, I mean, to say they flipped it on its head, I think is a little too spot on. But like they really thought about what are we doing here and what do we want to accomplish when they engineered this engine? Uh, and, and that's why I think this has been such a huge hit for them. It also features an air to water intercooler. They're the only ones with that. Um, they're up to 450 horsepower and 935 foot pounds of torque. They also fall all the way down to like 270 horsepower and 675 foot pounds of torque if you have one in like a, a a big like medium duty f650 f750 so the horsepower range is pretty spread out uh even as you're looking at like a 2018 to current vehicles 330 in a cabin chassis 450 in a pickup so like I, i'm sure as as we know about cabin chassis there are more iterations than than just a tune flash but it's mostly just a tune flash that's going to change that <laughs> Jesus. Uh, keep in mind 
highest horsepower again Ford's ever put out, highest towing capacity Ford's ever put out. Um, some of these are industry leading on their numbers and things like that. They also are fully equipped with an EGR, a DPF, an SCR, DEF, DOC. It's the full tier four final emissions equipment package that everybody else has. One of the things I like about Ford is that we beat the living piss out of a 2019 that one of the tuners has here. Um, drag raced it, sled pulled it, dirt drags. Just him driving it on the street as recklessly as he does, it's never had an emissions equipment issue. No, not at all. It's been running at nothing but the biggest tune we could put on it since it was maybe 100 miles on the truck. Um, I've driven it, which is a bad idea for anybody who wants their truck to last. Um, I've driven it. It's nice. It's never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. And I love that. That's just hard to beat. And, And there's nothing done to the truck beyond a fucking tune. It's, we even did a diesel minute on it over at Duramax Tuner. You can check out our YouTube channel. You can watch that video. It's a tune-only truck. All we did is a street tune on it, and the thing's 550 horsepower. It lights the tires up no problem. It does trailer burnouts. It does drag race. It does sled bull. It's fun. It yeah. is fun to drive. It's wild. It's wild to think that 450 out of the factory, and when we first started this, talking about the 7.3, it was, what, 215? And it's essentially double and then some. It's like, yes. oh, my God. Yes. Less displacement. Then the seven three mm-hmm. still, and still more than double the horsepower. And emissions equipment, so. yeah, and and through emissions equipment on there, no big deal. Man, Ford Power Stroke knowledge. Don't kill us, Nick. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> tear up all of my notes. Uh, I don't have to remember any of this. Um, excuse me.